This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. If you have your Bible, go to Luke 17, verse 21. Um, I'm calling this message, and he's never done that with me. Linda always texts me the next day, what are you calling it? I'm like, I don't know. So today I'm just going to call it, he's in you, are you in him? Simple, right? He's in you, are you in him? In Luke 17, 21, I want to talk about what is already there if you're sitting here on this in a squishy blue seat. So this is Luke 17, 21. This is in the New King James. It says this. Now when the Pharisees, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said to them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Say within me. The key word that I want to hit is just the word in tonight. Go to John 17, 26. If you want to write them down, I'm going to be moving a little quick here. In John 17, Jesus prayed for us. And I believe if anyone answered his prayer or got his prayer answered, it had to be Jesus. So if we look at this prayer... And if you, what what Asia said, if you can just believe, have faith and trust in, you can partake in. The biggest thing I've learned about God in my whole walk is what you honor, you get to experience. What you value, you get to experience. Does that make sense? So this is John 17, verse 26. Actually, I'm sorry. I want to go to, which one did you put up? Let's do with one you put up. In John 17, yeah, it's perfect. It's 26. But before I I, I read this, Jesus' biggest prayer was this. Sin once separated us from him. And so his prayer to the Father is that I would be in them, they would be in me, and that we would be one. And at the end of the chapter, he says this. I have declared to them your name. And we declare to it that the love with which you loved me may be in them. Say in. And I in them. So everyone say in. Everything is already in. Kingdom is in. In. Look at verse, um, the other one now. This is 22. This is a little before that where Jesus even says this. And the glory which you gave me, I have given to them that that we may be one just as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that the world may know, that your coworkers would know, that your family would know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So the kingdom is within. The love of God is in. The glory of God is already in. The glory of God, the, the tangible expression of God. So when Moses said, God, show me your glory, and God said, I will cause my goodness to pass before you. That goodness is no longer a passing. It is at home in you. Everything that Jesus did is already at home in you. You are a finished product. You are filled and flooded right now as you sit. Colossians 1.27, this is Paul, who was hired by Jesus to explain the gospel to us. And he says this in the Passion, living within you, is Christ who floods you with the expectation of what? Glory. 
this mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. Living within you right now is God and he's expecting right now going, he's like this in you. There's more, there's more, there's more. So if I was the devil, I brought props, you know me, children's pastor. Um, where's Rafa? I need you. I need you to hold my mic for me. According to scripture, I want to say hi, God. Hi, God. Second Corinthians five seventeen. That any man is in Christ. Everyone say that's me. That's me. You are a new creation. You're not something to be worked on to be a finished product. You are a finished product as you look at me. Amen? Amen. And what we just said, he filled you and flooded you with glory. Amen? Amen? So living within you is the kingdom, the full expression of heaven. Living within you is the presence of God, Mr. Happy himself. Living within you is healing right now. Living within you is joy, joy that'll knock your socks off. So this is your new you. Right now, as you're sitting on this seat, this is you. Not a sinner. You are brand new. And there is glory all in you. Now, okay, Rafa, you, you have a very important job. Very important job. Hold on to this so I can drink it tonight. Okay. Okay. Thank you. If I was the devil, my job is simple. Get you so busy in this world. Make everything about you that you wouldn't have the time to go in. I would make you so busy about you, 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 that you wouldn't have time to go in. Because he knows if you dare were to taste the goodness of God, which Paul did, you would abandon everything and live a life within. You would live a life within this kingdom realm that is already in you that makes no sense. That's why it's called a mystery. I don't get it. But what I want to do tonight is break down scripture so you can know what is in here, what is in you right now. Not working to get in there. It's already in. Amen? So I want to talk about substance real quick. Say substance. We're going to call the God substance. Because if you go to the psalmist, there's a reason it says, Taste and see. He's good. Can you tell me about his goodness or can you tell me the smell, the fragrance, the feeling you get, how it just breaks you when you know you've done wrong, but his mercy and love overwhelms you? Did you go in or did you go out? Colossians 3 is very clear where it says, we know this, set your mind on things above or yearn, feast, flood yourself with heavenly realities. And this is the heavenly reality. All of heaven is in you. There are angels in your belly. I'm very serious. So let's go to scripture. Because I want to look at scripture just about the presence. And then I want to read a story that's possible for every believer in here if we dare not be distracted, if we dare just take a moment to go in and begin this journey inward. So if all the scripture I'm telling you, as a believer, the whole journey of you being born again is this, your ability to go in. 
That, that's Christianity. What is your ability to go in? That's Christianity. That's the journey. The journey is going in. The Old Testament was, I had to work my way and I had to sacrifice and get into this temple and pray to God I don't die because of my sin. Where now I've become his temple that the blood of Jesus was a sacrifice, so now my journey is, I just feast. I taste. I taste. And so the devil is going to try to make us so busy to go in or complicate going in or make us feel the opposite of faith life, according to E.W. Kennan, is the feeling of unworthiness. That is the orphan spirit, that I'm not worthy to go in, that when I battled with, I'm going to say this naughty word, pornography, I didn't go in. It took me so long to get free because I couldn't go in. I didn't, I didn't believe I was worthy to go in, so I, I broke my computer. I worked. I self-efforted. Uh, Nate, I squeezed my butt cheeks, right? We, we clenched up. We, we, has anyone ever tried to work their way in? Has anyone ever worked their way in? How many of you, even when you got in worship, you said, I'm going to work my way into his presence? By the third song, maybe I can taste something. No. Because of what Jesus is and what he's done, you have one job. Just begin. And that's the journey. It's, it's a continual of just begin. So let's talk about the substance in you. Let's go to um, Psalm 1611. And I'm reading this in the, the Passion. Because of you, I know the path of life as I taste the fullness of joy in your presence. At your right hand, I experience divine pleasures forevermore. The CEB translation says this, you teach me the way of life in your presence, listen to me, is total celebration. In his presence within you right now is total, complete celebration and pleasures forevermore. Right now, there is a substance within you that has a total, there's a total celebration going on right now. Have you partaked? Go to Psalm 97.5, just if you want to write it down, go back later. Because I'm talking about presence or substance. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Within you is a presence that melts fears, that melts lies, that melts anything that is evil. In his presence, everyone say in me, is a presence or a substance that melts mountains like wax. Have you tasted that? Have you begun that journey in? Or am I busy out? I'm going to say it again. He's in me. Am I in him? That's the question tonight. He's in me. Am I in him? And this is the one I want to hit. Psalm 68, 8. The earth shook. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Mount Sinai itself was moved or quaked or earthquaked at the presence of the God of Israel. In his presence, mountains actually shake. That's a natural thing. Say natural. So within you is a presence that could actually birth freedom. And I want to share this story that we all so know and I've been on this journey with this, just going in. So go to Acts, we're going to go to 16, because now we have to see this in motion. It Acts is, it, it's the book of this is what it, it can look like. This is Paul and Silas and them kind of exploring like, what's in me? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. 
So I want to talk about Paul and Silas. We're going to go through it. Give me an amen if you're there. All right, here we go. Acts 16, verse 16, we'll start there. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Everyone say prayer. All prayer is, uh, Jin Goyan, see my, my buddy back there, is this. All prayer is, is you turning your heart in and receiving his love. That's it. I'll say that again. All prayer is, is turning your heart in towards God. Because where is he? Everyone say in. I'm not going like this anymore. We, we, we must learn this. We must learn it's in the in. Because a lot of us have prayed a, yes? What those scriptures, I first hit you, the journey is in. Amen? So it's turning my heart in and receiving who he is. Is he not love? So it's learning to actually receive, actually taste, actually smell. So he's on his way to prayer. Verse 17, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul greatly annoyed, everyone say annoyed. This is you, this is us. We need to be annoyed right now with what's going on. Turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope and profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. When they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Everyone say, but. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Everyone look at me. Paul and Silas said, I'm going in. I'm going in. I think a lot of us, we read that story. They just healed a girl. Did they not do the will of God? Yet they were beaten. I think so many of us go, where's the favor of God? I'm going to say something. I'll say it at the end. This might hurt now. I think at the end I'll say it and you'll feel better. I'll, I'll hold this. I just, we need to talk about the favor of God and the goodness of God because we, we've perverted it just a little bit. So they're beaten. They're in the will of God. They're wrecked. They're in this dungeon. No whining. No complaining. They are so aware of a realm that they go, let's pray. They begin this place of intimacy. They begin this place of tasting him, of drinking him, turning their heart towards him and being loved. The next verse, let's see what happened. They were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. 
I used to think this way. They prayed. And God far away said, good job. Here's an earthquake. I now believe this. They went in and had connection with love in such a deep place that they birthed that earthquake. Did we not read the, the verse before? Mount Sinai itself moved in the presence of God. Within you is a degree of intimacy that will break chains off everyone around you, not just you, but area around you. So I'll say it this way. The degree to which you enjoy God in you is the degree to which everyone's chains around you will break off. Say that again, the degree to which you can taste and see his goodness, the degree that you can actually receive his love, taste his love, is the degree to which your families will be free, your ministry will be free, your businesses will be free. I'll say it again, if I was a devil, I would just try to make you really busy to have no time to go in. Where Paul and Silas had such a taste of in, they abandoned everything that the world had to offer to the point where they got beaten and they were naked going, jail cell, great, let's go in. There was no, God, where are you? No, it was, remember, this is the guy who wrote Colossians 1.27. He's the one telling us, hey, living within us is Christ flooding you with an expectation of glory, flooding you with an expectation of the mystery of what his presence can do. That they, they were in such a place that they birthed that earthquake. I'll say it again. That came from within them. Because in that presence, mountains shake. Fears melt like wax to the point where every prison door broke and everyone's chains fell off. And they fell off by, he was, they were just enjoying God. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight actually means this. It means to take pleasure in, to enjoy. You will always worship whatever you enjoy the most. So if I was the devil, I would try to get you enjoying, get you so busy that you wouldn't dare taste this. Because Paul tasted the goodness of God, and what does he tell us? It caused him to repent. He tells Titus in chapter 3, when the loving kindness appeared, that's what wrecked me. That's what made me abandon everything that I was sold out. The reason we don't have a sold out Christian church is I think we're just so busy we haven't even begun to taste. And I'm a pastor admitting that to you. I haven't even begun. I feel like I've just got born again and I'm just drinking for the first time. They went in and birthed that earthquake. And let's just get, here we go. Let's finish this. And the keeper of the prison awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down, trembling, trembling, trembling at the presence of God that they birthed with their intimacy. I think we're in an era where talk is cheap. What can you manifest?
trembling before Paul and Silas. And verse 30, here we go. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And here's the gospel. Here it is. And one sentence. (laughs) They said, believe, trust in, have faith on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your whole household. Believe. Just believe. Believe. Everyone just say believe. That's why I love Smith Wigglesworth. His two motto is, hey, dude, only believe. That was it. Only believe. He only believed too much that where he would take dead people and he would throw them against the wall until they got up. I think a lot of us, we haven't, we throw once and we're done. We haven't even begun to taste. We haven't even begun to taste. Because the deeper you taste, the deeper you will abandon, abandon yourself in him. Can we go to 1 John? We know this verse, but I want to read it in um, the message translation. This is 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. I know a lot of us know this. Don't love. I know the message is hard. It's all right. We'll go. I'm reading the message. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's good. The love of the world squeezes out the love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. The love of the world squeezes out the love of the Father. Now hear me. He doesn't escape. It squeezes out my love for Him. Does that make sense? He's still there, but I can't love two things. Jesus said this way, you can't serve two masters. You will love the one or hate the other. Amen? So the love of the world squeezes out the love of the Father. I want to talk about favor now. I feel like I can say it. (laughs) The favor of God and the goodness of God. Its big purpose is not just, it's not to make your life better. It's to advance the kingdom of God. I'll say it again. The purpose is to advance the kingdom of God. The Bible says this, you overcome evil with good. So the deeper you drink of that goodness, the deeper you can go into evil places and radiate the goodness of God. The greater you can taste his forgiveness, his mercy. We all knew 1 Corinthians 13, living within you is this person who thinks no evil, who only hopes for the best. Paul and Silas were in prison where their only option was, I have God, all things are possible. I can only hope for the best. Now I need you right now, just, just, just during your day, just do a self-inventory. Did you go in? Did you enjoy him? Did you taste him? 
or did you live out? Were you busy? And busy is not a bad thing. It can be. <laughs> but I'll say it again. The degree to which you enjoy that goodness partake is the degree to which chains will fall from around you. Now I want to talk about going in. If you can go to Philippians chapter 4, because now we have to look at Paul. How did he do this? How did Paul become Paul? So he met the goodness of God that caused him to repentance. But what was his journey of going in? What was the journey of just starting to drink? And it's all over in his writings. It's in Romans, it's in Galatians, it's in Philippians, Colossians. It's in so many books. But I want to look just at, just at Philippians 4. So this is Philippians chapter 4, and I, I think a lot of us know this verse. Uh, this is Philippians 4.4, 4, and we're going to read all the way to 16. Say, mmm, if you're there. Yeah. Are you ready? There we go. Rejoice in the Lord. I got to read this slow. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. To me, prayer and meditation is this, my awareness of my oneness. My awareness of my oneness. That Paul became addicted to thinking this way. And I believe, Graham Cook says this, we've become so accommodating to the devil. That when the negative report comes, when the first sign of worry comes, we munch on it for such a long time. And it takes us so long to go, oh, that's right. <laughs> Lean not on your own understanding. Yes? I've been going through this book by um, Jing Guayan, and she talks about this journey in. And I, I just want to read to you what she says, because I, I want us to kind of um, talk about this word meditation. Where did I put it? She says this, so I've been on this journey of going in, and the, the men's Bible study, David knows, we're going through this book called Experiencing the God Through Prayer, and it's all about going in, but using the Word of God, because here it is for me, everyone look at me, here's the key, here's what Paul's saying, to get the cork open, you just need one truth, to me the Word of God is the cork, or is the, is the what's corkscrew? All I need is one truth, and I can go in, I can pop that bottle and keep drinking. 
one truth. I think we've been taught, I read from one verse and the whole the way through. Or what she teaches in this book we've been going through it is, when I read and something touches my heart, I don't move. I stop and I sit still and I begin this process. Just like worry came in, I just go, what does that look like for me? I revolve it in my mind and I don't move. Now, as you begin this process, and I say this to all the, the men, if you haven't been practicing this, it's going to feel absolutely stupid to you because you've been having intimacy with the enemy for so long. So this kind of intimacy is going to feel foreign to you. But you begin to honor it. You begin to gauge in it more and more, just taking one truth, one truth, one truth. Romans 6 for me, sin can't conquer me because God already has. So I close my and I go, God, you conquered me. What does that look like? And I see him just having his way with me, with his smile, with his love, with his total celebration. In his presence, he's celebrating. Why? Because he dealt with my sin. I don't have to fight sin. He's dealt with my sin. So I be quiet and I let him show me things. And sometimes I don't even know how to even think. So I don't think. I just sit there and I be quiet and I don't know what I'm doing. But I've learned this about the presence of God. If you just honor it, I will get the beams from the sun. Experiencing the presence of God is like being in the sun. I don't have to take my shirt off and lay in the sun. Sometimes I can play volleyball in the sun. Then all of a sudden I go, oh my God, I got dark today, right? I was mowing the lawn. I, I, it's just, that's it. When you just sit with him and just honor that moment, I promise you, you get that presence. But I'm going to say this to you. To get the snowball, you have to honor the snowflake. You have to honor that one simple thing. One simple truth, one simple cork. As you begin this process of just, just giving it a chance, giving it a chance of going, taking one truth of one we could say, living within me is Christ. Living within me is Christ. Christ meaning the anointed one, the healer, the savior, the friend. Right? Paul and Peter, I mean, I think about Peter. He engaged in this so much that his shadow was healing people. But I'll say it again. If you read their, their, their life, there was no love of the world. It's hard here in America. Can we just say that? Because Prime now. <laughs> Amazon Prime now. Now. Now, right? There's a comedian I like, he talks about that. <laughs> Can I tell you something else? What's now? Kingdom now. Drinking now. Going in now. That is also now. Out versus in. Does that make sense? So I'll say again, whatever things are true, noble, just, good report, meditate on that thing, which means I'm going to honor it. And I'm, I'm going to say it again. It's going, if you haven't begun this, it's going to feel stupid. But as you begin this, it will overtake your life. Personally now, I, I, could, I try to do two hours a day. I, I try to do. And that means sometimes waking up at four. Thank you, Nate. He's, he's my alarm clock. Because I, 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 I want more now. I, I've, I've experienced bottles and I'm like, there's more bottles to go through. So now I can just sit. I'll just sit. Now here's the thing though. If you're in the word of God, if you're not in the word of God, start there. 
And all you need is, look at me, one truth. But now I, I, I'm in the word where I, I, I just go like this. I just let the Holy Spirit do his job. What's the Holy Spirit's job? To bring remembrance, truth. So now I just sit with him going, what bottle do you want me to taste today? How about, and he's been doing a lot of prophetic words. I have a prophetic word from that man back there. You are the world's teddy bear, soft and gentle through and through. So I have to see him that way in me, that he's in me soft and gentle through and through, being soft and gentle and kind to me over and over and over and over again. Amen? I want to read something. Um, a lot of you know this. Some of you don't know this. So I've been on this journey where I've been studying the old saints. And my nephew's been teaching me just about some of the old saints that demonstrated some of these miracles like Paul and Silas and some of these old saints. And I, I want to read one. This guy, this is from St. John of the Cross. And I feel like this is the church right now. And it's called this, I came to love you too late. And he says this, this is from, uh, I'm sorry, this is from St. Augustine. I love this. I came to love you too late. Oh, beauty. So ancient and so new. Yes, I came to love you too late. What did I know? You were inside me and I was out of my body and mind looking for you. I drove like an ugly madman against the beautiful things and beings you made. You were inside me, but I was not inside you. You called to me. You cried to me. You broke the bowl of my deafness. You uncovered my beams and threw them at me. You rejected my blindness and you blew a fragrant wind. And I sucked in my breath and wanted you. I tasted you and now I want you as I want food and water. You touched me and I've been burning ever since to have your peace. Have you tasted something like that of God? As King David said in Psalm 63, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. Because why? Your love is better than life. And he was looking for love. You and I have love. He is love and we are one with him. Right? John 17, that prayer, it's already there. How have you begun your journey in? Everyone say no condemnation. Because I want to tell you this one thing about meditation and going in. You have one job. Do not, do not punish yourself, judge yourself, or criticize yourself. Because all that does is make it harder for you to drink. It's by grace alone, which means it's not your self-effort. Yesterday, the men and I went through Galatians 3, that any time you try to self-effort something, you just chose to live in the curse. You just chose, I can't drink yet. Anytime you punish yourself, criticize yourself, judge yourself, you just said, I'm unworthy to drink. And now you're gonna start this process of, I'm going to work my way back in. Sorry, he's a message, message translation. He's signed, sealed, and delivered, baby. He's signed, sealed, and delivered. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Isn't that amazing? But Galatians 3, well, I'll say that again. Anytime you add 
that self-effort, this is where you have to check your posture as you begin this journey of meditation. Because there's going to be times where you're sitting down and you're going to try to, maybe I need to have the better thought. Maybe I need to stop. Stop. To help you with this, and I, and I learned this from Jing Guan, you have one job just to begin. And you begin by this. Just acknowledge this one truth. He's in me. He is in me. God is in me. And there's nothing that could stop that. Nothing could separate me from the love of God. Death, life, sin, nothing. So one truth, one little truth. And you must begin this journey tonight. <laughs> you can begin this journey in the car. And I'm telling you this, and I've, for me it started as this. When Judah would take a nap, I would meditate. He's taking a nap, I'm just going to sit. And I just began taking one truth. And I would just take one truth, and I would just, I, I, I would just say it out loud. And I would just close my eyes, and I would just honor it. Which means I would just sit and go, God, you're there. I'm just going to breathe. I'm just going to breathe. I'm not going to try to shamanama something up. I'm just going to breathe. How many of you have done that? <sighs> Can I tell you what the fruit of righteousness is? Or the fruit of sonship? Do you know what it is? It's in Isaiah 32, 17. The work of righteousness is this. You ready? The work of sonship. Do you know what it is? Look it up. It's Isaiah 32, 17. It's, ready, look at me. Quietness. He does the talking. He does the loving. You have one job. Shut up and drink. Eat. Feast. Receive his love. Whatever you need. If it's forgiveness. If it's, God, within me, you think no evil about me. Right now, I'm thinking very evil about what I did. So I need to drink. God, you think no evil. As David said, how precious are your thoughts to me. I will wait. I'm here. And I'll say it again. And one trick I've learned with this as you begin this process, when you find yourself thinking about cheeseburgers and Walmart and Netflix and whatever, you know, something you have to do, do this. I'll say this again. You have to go to war with punishing yourself. You have to go to war against judging and criticizing yourself. You have to go to war with that. And Paul was very good at this. He says in Philippians as well, what does he say? Brethren, I, I do this one thing really well. I'm not perfect, but I do this one thing really well. What does he say? Forget those things which are behind and reach for those things which are the, ahead. In other words, I'm going to be present. I'm going to be present. St. John on the cross said it this way, and I think I say this every time I get up here because I have to. He said it this way. The divine will of God is an endless abyss where the present moment is the entrance. That anytime I just become aware of, oh yeah, God's in me, you just go. There it is. I could be in the car. There's traffic. All of a sudden I'm like, hey, I got to get to work. It's like God's in me. Oh, I can go in right there. We call that prayer without ceasing, which is what we're called to do, to live in this, that it scares everyone around us and people start trembling. Amen? He's in you. Have you begun your journey in him? Because he's excited to be in you. It was the joy set before him. You were the joy. Isn't that awesome? All right, I'm, I'm done. I want to go home and drink wine.
I'll end with um I'll end with this. I just been studying these old saints and I and I and the thing that rocked me about about them, the Saint Teresa of Avila, the Saint Francis of Assisi, these were people that if you look it up, they they radiated. They actually radiated to in town strangers would be like, Why is that person glowing? And if you 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 study them, the two things that kind of what we talked about is this is the two revelations that God they got. God is in me, and he's love. Those are the two biggest truths that wreck them. He's in me, and he's love. To the point where St. Teresa of Avila and um, St. Francis of Assisi, this is not, you're not going to like this one, they gave up their inheritance. They were so in love with this that nothing of the world was so good. Even their inheritance, they said, forget that. I, I, I found the well that's going to feed me forever now. I have found it. I don't even need inheritance. I think right now we're, we're straddling, but the line is going to get clearer and clearer and clearer, especially what Pastor Gavin's been preaching. I encourage you to come on Sunday if you, you, you want to get uncomfortable. Is that good? So just real quick, can we just practice? I have a question. Let's, I'm going to just open up. Does anyone have questions about meditation or anything? We've got time. I'm in a rush. Any questions or anything? Anyone you want to ask me? Why I'm so handsome? What? Yeah. Nate? There it is. Um, oh, he said, um, he brought up a great question. Because this, you better believe this is going to happen. He says, what happens if I begin and it feels like a waste of time? This is where I'm, I'm telling you. Because when you first start, it's going to feel that way. Everyone look at me. If you haven't begun this, I'm going to just tell you it's going to feel that way. But God is bigger than your feelings. He's bigger than your feelings. He's a faith God. He's a believe God. That's the biggest thing I've learned. That all I have to do is just, like I said, I just, I, even when I have those moments, because I still leave those moments, by the way, could be an hour, but then sometimes it's later, I, I, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm glowing a little bit. But it's, that's a great question, because you better believe if you haven't begun this, you're going to leave there going, I just wasted an hour. No, you didn't. You just sat in the sun, and he's training you to live this new life in, in, in. And the love of the world squeezes out the love of the Father. Now say no condemnation. Because here's the key of that, if the world tastes good. He just got you so busy, you, you, you don't know, you, you haven't acknowledged this presence. Um, I love the old saints. Can I just tell you a quick story about some of them? St. Teresa of Avila would be in church. She would take communion. Because everyone say mystery. Because you better believe, you know what's going to save the world? The mystery. Your journey in is going to save the world, and it's going to freak people out. St. Teresa Vila would be taking communion, and she would begin levitating to the point the priests were like, put her in the back. And she actually had to have nuns sit on her. And if you read her journals, she said, when the love of God knocked on my heart, I was so afraid. But when I embraced it, I wanted nothing else. So anytime she would take communion, she would go in. That's what communion is. Do you guys know what communion is? 
A.W. Cannon calls communion blissful harmony. Isn't that good? So everyone, real quick, get comfortable. Just close your eyes. Here's what you're going to do. Because I know a lot of you, you're, a lot of you are in the Word. You don't have to close your eyes for an open eye to you want. But I'm, I'm going to say this again, real quick. I'm going to say that. I have to say this again. What you honor is what you encounter. So if you don't honor, you don't get it. How many of you didn't see angels today? Say, how many of you did not see angels today? Raise your hand high. Don't you BS this. It's because you didn't honor them. When you begin to honor what God is doing, you will see. Does that make sense? I'll say it again. You honor the snowflake, you get the snowball. You honor one bottle, you get the barrel. You honor the barrel, you get the whole wine room. And that's already in you. Everyone say yum. All right, eyes closed. I'm just going to read one scripture to you. You can start here. Living within you is Christ who's flooding you right now with an expectation of glory, which is his goodness. Honor that goodness right now.
the enemy hates when we use our tongue. So I encourage you to use it. So everyone just say, this is a sweet moment. Right now is a sweet moment. I don't have to feel it, but I know it. This is a sweet moment. Let's go ahead and just make the double mat. Everyone just say, God, I'm one with you. You're one with me. We are one. One more time. I'm one with you. You're one with me. We are one. Say this now. Say, you are love, so I am loved. You are love, so I am loved. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this journey of going in, that you would put yourself so close and so accessible, that if we've just been busy or distracted, we thank you for the simplicity of just acknowledging the cross and the ability to drink right in that moment. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would break off any complications, anything that is making us feel unworthy of drinking in the right now moment. If we're angry, if we yell at our kids, if we're mad to our spouses, that when we catch that moment, that we begin drinking right then and there. Holy Spirit, help us. Help our unbelief. Highlight those truths and teach us to drink deeper. Thank you, Father. And thank you for tonight. Thank you for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, have a good night.